It is Tuesday, July 9th. We're two days removed from the FIFA Women's World Cup. We're also two days removed from the United States Men's National Team Gold Cup Final against Mexico. We're going to talk about those a little bit. But everybody, welcome. It's King Sports with me, Andrew Kay. Coming to you here, like I said, it's Tuesday the 9th of July. We're already nine days into July. And that blows my mind a little bit. Um, it, it just seems like yesterday I moved here with Shannon to uh, Iowa, and it's almost been, I mean, we're getting pretty close. I mean, October's a little ways away, but we're still getting to the point where it's almost time for us, or almost the time of us being here almost a year. So it's been a good uh, good few months so far. We really enjoy Iowa. I've probably said that many a time, but we've got a lot. I think we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, some soccer things, um, where the Sounders are going to sit now that... Um, a few of their players are back from Gold Cup duty. Uh, definitely Christian Roldan will be, is back. Uh, Jordan Morris is back. We saw Nico Ladero come back. We'll talk about that. Um, just a lot of guys that were gone are now coming back to the roster. So that strengthens that for that final push going towards the end of the towards the end of the season here as we get into All Star time and everything as well. Uh, we had a home run derby yesterday. Uh, which I heard was an absolute slugfest, like I said last week. I don't have YouTube TV anymore, so I don't get to watch these things because YouTube TV doesn't let me uh, pick what I want to watch, which would be a much better platform. So I may be looking at switching to ESPN+. Plus. It seems like they carry a lot more things that I like, which is sports-related, because this is a sports podcast. Um, but... Um, yeah, no, just a lot of different things. We're into the all-star break pretty much right now in baseball. Um, not a lot on the hockey front. Football front here will probably start kicking up, uh, kicking in here soon. I know we're about a month away from preseason games starting. Um, so it should be a glorious, glorious time here in uh, in the football time frame things, of things. Um, we're still into baseball um, here at least. Uh, Colonels are still playing. Of course, minor league doesn't take a break for the all-star break. They already had theirs. Um, I'll have a quick thing to talk about where uh, a Colonels player got automatically, he got promoted up to AAA. He skipped a high A, he skipped double A, and went right to AAA and played one game. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about where um, the Colonels sit. And then we'll talk kind of about where the Mariners are sitting and what they're doing um, and what I want to see them do. So we'll see what happens there. But we're going to jump into, I'll save the Women's World Cup and all that for the end. Um, I kind of wanted to just break every, you know, give my breakdown on everything that happened in the tournament and how I think it went and how the men's team did as well. Um, and then I think we had a few more NBA free agency Things we were into summer league. Um, I know the Nuggets. I think picked up a player yesterday. I don't remember uh, everything that's happened. Russell Westbrook wants to. You know, we'll just talk about this right now. NBA free agency. Russell Westbrook wants to leave uh, Oklahoma City, and you know what? Good for him. Um, I would want to leave Oklahoma City too. I mean, I'm sure they have a great fan base, but I would want to leave that team. You know, being as they were stolen and everything. Uh, so, you know, and Paul George left. So, uh, 
But, you know, he'll hit, if he goes to Miami in trade, he'll get to play with Jimmy Butler. Um, we have, after last week, we hadn't had a note on where Kawhi Leonard was going. And Kawhi Leonard is going to the L.A. Clippers. Paul George is headed there, too. I believe it was a sign-in trade. Um, the Phoenix Suns waved Kyle Korver. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get the real, the big thing. Um, but yeah, it was basically, um, Paul George didn't really want to be, I guess, with, uh, Oklahoma City anymore, and I don't blame him for doing that. Um, but now Russell Westbrook wants to leave. Uh, Jabari Parker is going to the, with the Hawks. I almost said the Chicago, I had to read the thing. Avery Bradley is going to the Lakers. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunders are trading Jamari Grant to the Nuggets for a 2020 first-round pick. I think that's a good pickup for the Nuggets. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo's brother, Theonis, I believe is his name. <laughs> Giannis and Theonis. Um, it looks like he got a two-year deal with um, the Bucks. And he's headed to the but or yeah, he's looks like he was drafted in the second he was drafted in the second round of the 2014 NFL draft, and he played in Greece last season. So there's that. Um Tyus Jones will sign a three-year offer sheet with the Memphis Grizzlies. He played at Minnesota. Um the Grizzlies traded free agent point guard Dalon Wright to the da- the Dallas Mavericks. Um so the Grizzlies are going to have quite a few players there. Um, it's said that Kevin Durant will not wear 35. He will wear 7. I don't know. That's a random thing. Um, I know that Kawhi Leonard's deal, going back to that, was a four-year deal. He didn't take a max deal that he could have got with Toronto. So oh. um, looks like as of July 6th, the Anthony Trade Davis deal is official. So Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and the fourth pick in the 2019 draft, DeAndre Hunter, and then several future first-round picks and cash go to the New Orleans Pelicans. The Lakers also send uh, Isaac Bonga, Jeremio Jones, and Moritz Wagner, and future second-round pick to the Washington Wizards, and New Orleans gets cash. Um, so it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, things going on here. I know Miles Leonard was traded. Uh, he's headed to the Eats, the Heat, the East. Yes, he is headed to the East. Um, uh, restricted free agent Jake Lyman is signing a three-year deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Minnesota's acquiring Lehman in a sign-in trade with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, that all happened kind of last week, so... Basically, free agency is, now that Kawhi has done his thing, is done. So, I, I, you know, I can't really tell you which team I think is going to win this year. I think the Clippers have upped their stock a little bit. I think the um, Brooklyn Nets have also upgraded massively. Um, does that Do I think that that makes those teams better? No. But it was kind of like everybody kind of thought that if LeBron went to the Lakers the Lakers would instantly get better, and that was not the case. Any of, basically anything that happened to um, the Lakers this year can happen to any of those teams. So, it's not 
it's not all set in stone. It, it can't it can't just work all the time. But I think we're going to see some shifting in teams that are going to be in the playoffs next year. I think Golden State will be there. Do I think they'll get further? I don't know. Um, I mean, they do have Steph Curry and they they do have Clay Thompson, but they've got to get you know some other and they've got uh, what's his name from the Brooklyn Nets. I talked about it last week. Um, but I think that sorry if I just chewed ice in your ear. Um, I got a piece of ice from my water. Uh, I do think we'll see some different teams though into the playoffs this next season, which I think is good for the league. Um, I kind of get tired of seeing the same teams over and over and over again. Um, so for that, it's I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I mean, NBA free agency, you know, it's still there's still some free agents out there, um, but that is. Basically, the main one everybody was waiting for was Kawhi Leonard. Um, so with that, you know, I, I'm going to try to watch this year. I, you know, I need to watch more basketball. And I think this could be the year that I start doing that, even though I've been saying that for a long time now. Um, you know, with the way the Blazers played this year and the way the Nuggets played, the two teams that I root for, yes, unfortunately, they are in the same division. Um, I think that I can get more behind, I can, I'm starting to kind of get behind the NBA more. Um, I haven't been in a long time. Um, if you're new to this show, this, this podcast, of course, it's a show, whatever. Um, I don't really care for basketball because my team doesn't really exist anymore. They do. They're just in a different uniform. Uh, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was a Sonics fan. Still am a Sonics fan. But I think now that, you know, we're seeing some different players go to different places, I think it's always fun to see different players go to different places and see these fan bases get the opportunity to have good teams that haven't been great for a long time. Um, You know, the Knicks had the opportunity to do some things, and they just decided to screw it up. And now Brooklyn is seizing the moment and uh, taking on some some big names to... um, to kind of better their team and hopefully make the Nets better. So, um, and then other, you know, other squads. Miami's looking a little better than they were last year. Um, if Westbrook goes there, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Miami could instantly get better with him and Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, the Celtics always look good. I mean, the Jazz have done some moves. The Blazers have re-signed and brought in some people. The Nuggets are doing. I mean. But it's, it's just like any season. You can't get your hopes up right away because anything can happen. It's like the Mariners. I got really excited because the Mariners were doing really good to start the season, and now they're trash. So that's the life of a sports fan, though. Moving on to baseball. Um, we did have the home run, as I like to call it. They call it the home run derby. I prefer to call it the dinger derby. Um, if you're ever bored and you really want to watch a funny video. It's it's kind of an old four or five year old video. Um, it's called Dinger Derby with Kent, uh, Coach Kent Murphy, uh, which Kent Murphy came out of retirement. He's been gone for a long time and now he's making videos at the All-Star Game, but he was at the Dinger Derby and we had a slugfest last night. Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. met in the finals uh, and of course Pete Alonso beat Vladimir Guerrero, but it was kind of an impressive uh from what I understand, it was quite impressive. Vladimir Guerrero set the record for the most home runs. Uh, he beat um, 
guy from Texas, Josh Hamilton, uh, beat his record. Um, I mean, it's it, it sounded like it was just an absolute uh, slugfest. That's, I mean, that's what they're saying here on the good old ESPN and everything. Um, so good. I mean, it's good to see the young. I mean, Alonzo, I believe, is a rookie. So is so is Vlad Jr. So it's good to see two young players, you know, hitting dingers and having a good time out there. Um, I think it's good for the city of Cleveland, too, because they're hosting again. Um, I know when we were watching the Gold Cup game at Buffalo Wild Wings, they had, like, old-school home run derbies going on, which was pretty cool, I think, uh, to show those old ones. But uh, it uh, it's going to be an interesting All-Star game because you got uh, Justin Verlander starting. Christian Yelich, I believe, was supposed to be in the Home Run Derby yesterday. He didn't participate. Um, so Verlander gets the start for the American League. Los Angeles Dodgers. Hyun Jin Ryu uh, gets the start for the National League, it sounds like. Um, Yelich is going to play. I mean, it's um, he bowed out of the Home Run Derby with a back issue. Um he will play in the game. He'll lead off for the NL. Uh, Yelich is currently leading the majors with the most home runs. Um, looks like Javi Baez is going to hit second, followed by Freddie Freeman, Dodgers right fielder Cody Bellinger. Uh, Color, uh, Nolan Arenado is then there. Pittsburgh is Josh Bell at DH because it's an American League um, all-star game. So I think they're going to have the DH effect in. And then... Uh, uh, Wilson Contreras, the catcher, and then second baseman will be Catal Marte from Arizona, and center fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. will round out that um, the AL's lineup looks like this. George Springer leads off and plays right. Uh, second baseman DJ LeMahieu from the New York Yankees. Mike Trout at center field um, from L.A. The Angels, not L.A. Dodgers. Uh, Cleveland first baseman Carlos Santana. Designated here will be J.D. Martinez from Boston. Third baseman will be Alex Bregman from Houston. Yankees, Gary Sanchez, and Astros left fielder Michael Brantley, followed by and ending with Minnesota shortstop Jorge Polanco. What I gather from this is it's very much we're the Yankees and the Astros, and our fan bases somehow vote for us all the time. This is totally fair. Um, I guess I'm just you know, salty about the fact that only one Mariner's in it. Um, I just, I think it's ridiculous that, like, if you look at the NL, I mean, you've got one, two Cubs on there. You've got two, I mean, you've got two Braves. And, I mean, I mean, it's kind of the same. It's the Braves. It's the Cubs. It's like, why don't I get guys in there that can't normally get the chance? And then bring in the other guys as we get further into the inning. Because you can make subs. So, I don't know. I guess I'm just salty because Daniel Vogelback is the only Mariner that made it. Um, and that's fine. I get it. It's a fan vote, but it's a fan vote that I don't think... I mean, it really should be just voted on by people who matter. I think the baseball people should vote on it and they'll pick the players they think are the best. And I don't, I don't know. I'm just ranting now for no reason. But that's the All-Star Game. I believe that's on today. Um, but the AL manager is Alex Cora. I don't know who the ML, NL manager is. 
But yeah, that's basically that for major leagues. Um, we'll take a look at minor league baseball right now. We've played some games. We're about 18 games into the second half of the season and in first place in the Midwest League Western Division. The Cedar Rapids Colonels tied with the Lumber Kings and Kane County Cougars. Uh, they're all 12-6. and six. And the Cedar Rapids Colonels are on an eight-game win streak. Yes, they have won eight straight games. They are 7-2 and two away, 5-4 and four at home. They're doing better away than they are at home. Um, they're 9-1 in their last 10. Um, and the first half leaders, the Quad Cities River Bandits, are in... Sixth right now, um, and at the very bottom of the league is the Peoria Chiefs at three and fifteen. So it's kind of interesting to see. Let's, if I mean, if you look at the first half, uh, Peoria was second to last, so they're you know have dropped a spot. But you got the Great Lakes Loons in the East. Um, they are currently like in sixth in their division, and that's the LA Dodgers um, single A team. So, you know, baseball is kind of a funny thing. The Colonels, you know, got in on the on the wild card. Um, they're, you know, leading right now in their um, division in, in the Midwest League. So good for them. Um, we'll talk more about playoff procedures and all that at the end. Um, but they had kind of an interesting uh, situation. One of their players, Yelston Encarnacion, he's been a very, very good hitter for the Colonels. Uh, he got called up on the set, or like the sixth or the seventh, to go to AAA Rochester. Now that's a heck of a jump. I mean, the next jump after Cedar Rapids is Fort Myers, and that's High A, um, and then they go to Double A, which I believe is oh, I gotta look it up now. Um, Twins. I had I remembered it. Twins. Double A team. Sorry, I'm googling this. So they're so basically they go from Elizabethan, which is in Pennsylvania, to Cedar Rapids, to Fort Myers Miracle, which is that's the high A, then Pensacola, then Rochester, then uh, the Twins, of course. Now Encarnacion went from Cedar Rapids, skipped two teams, and went all the way up to um, AAA. Now that is a heck of a play, a heck of a move. Um, and so he played in one game for the Red Wings. He went three for three. He's batting a thousand in Triple A, um, with a run score July seventh at Scranton's Wil- Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Um, he's played sixty four games for the Colonels this season. He's batting two fifty eight uh, with a home run and seventeen RBIs. He was signed by the Twins as a non drafted free agent on February twenty third of two thousand fifteen. So that's I mean that's impressive. So he went up and then they called him back down. What a what a way to make an impact um, to you know get called up and go to Rochester and have them play you and you go three for three. Um, that's a pretty impressive you know thing to do. And if you look at Yeltsin and Carnacion, he's a he's a second baseman, so they obviously needed him for something. Very well, it could have been that their player went to the. Um, Futures game, the All-Star game, and they needed somebody to cover, or they just had an injury that came up. But, I mean, he's batting a 1,000 um, for Rochester. What a, what an impressive thing to do. I mean, he's played, like I said, 65 games. Um, he's spent time between, 
you know, he went in 15 when he was drafted. He played in the Dominican Summer League Twins for three years, all the way up to 17. He went to the Gulf Coast Twins in 2018. Made 21, uh, played in 21 games. He went to Elizabethan. Um, later that year, played 24 games. He then has spent pretty much the whole season here at Cedar Rapids, minus one game, uh, where he went to Triple A. So. What an impressive thing to do, um, and he's—he's he's an impressive player. I've watched him, him play. Um, he's a very, very good second baseman, and I think, excuse me, he's got a lot of talent, um, and it—and it, it shows. So, um, and we've seen a lot of colonels this year get called up. They're bringing new guys in all the time. Um, I wish I could find who they've—they've they've recently called up. Uh, but it'd be nice if they had like a thing where you could just click on that. I'm sure there is someone's something somewhere. Um, but they've brought in a few other guys. I think this guy's new. Let me see. And yeah, so Tyler Palm, he's new. He came in on the 17th. Um, he came from Pensacola. Um, so obviously he might be rehabbing there. But I mean, it's it's interesting to watch minor league baseball. Some of these guys, you know, they. They're down there forever. They never leave the minors, and then they uh, they get you know they get a chance like Yelston and Carnacion did to go and play in AAA and get a feel for what it's like to almost be right there. And and I think with him that the organization will be paying attention and you know if he continues to play the way he does, he very well could end up in Fort Myers next year. He could very well end up at Pensacola depending upon what happens in the Twins organization. So that's basically baseball uh, for now. We're going to break into some soccer things here. Um, I just wanted to go back because right now in the news, I don't know if you follow international soccer. You should, though. It's fun. And I'll get more into that as to why you should follow international soccer now. Um, but Neymar, he is a name that everybody knows in soccer. He left and went to... This is a couple years ago. This is from Bleacher Report. Um, Gianni Verschusen. I hope I probably said that person's name wrong. This is from August 2nd, 2017. Neymar and Paris Saint-Germain, the, one of the top teams in France, reportedly agreed to a contract terms for nearly 450 million pounds in total transfer. Now, I'm going to break that down um, into... Um, dollars at the time. So I got to put um, that's like $500 million <laughs> in American money. Uh, so lot, that's a total transfer. That's not like just his contract. Um, so he moves from Barcelona to that in 2017. And I looked it up how much he makes a get he gets from P. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, $36.8 million in 2017. Um, now, that's a lot of money. And to be honest with you, if you're as good as he is, I get it. And I'm kind of about, the, I'm the type of person that I don't think you should have an attitude when you make as much money as you do. Um, you know, playing a sport like that. You know, some some sports guys are like, oh, I, I, I'll take a pay cut or I'll do this and that. But it's like, Right now, Neymar has changed his mind because another team wants him. So he's been here three years. 
and now he wants to leave. Um, he didn't show up to uh, camp, preseason training, because um, he wants to go to a different team. And so it came out, this came out on, oh, what day is this? came out today, I think, that Neymar is annoyed and will return to PSG on Monday. This is from his father, who is also his uh, agent. First mistake, I think, honestly. Get yourself an agent that's not a family member who... And, and, you know, his dad might be a good agent, but I really think that if you're... Like, if I was a sports person, if I was per, a professional, now this is just strictly me speculating on things, you know, I never... I may not do it this way, but this is the way I would think, you know. Let me get somebody who's not a part of my family who's thinking about possibly how much money they're going to make if they're my agent. You know, agents do that, yeah, you can always go with the right agent. I mean, come on. But when it's your father, I think he's thinking that, oh, I'm going to get a crap ton of money if Neymar moves again. Um, so it looks like Neymar's coming back to camp, but it looks like PSG announced they would take appropriate action against the Brazil forward after he failed to return to training camp on Monday. I believe, I think he might have been at the Copa America. Um... He wants to move. I can't remember where he wants to go, though. Oh, he wants to go to Bar back to Barcelona. Um, which, you should have just stayed there if he didn't want to leave in the first place. Um, that's, you know, <laughs> that's my thought on it. Um, I think, I think you know, honestly, he should not go back to Barcelona. I think he should stay and finish out what he started with uh, PSG. Yeah, so he joined PSG for a record 222 million euros in 2017. Has three years left on his contract with the League One Giants. He missed the Copa America, which his country hosted and won because of an ankle ligament injury suffered during the team's preparations for the tournament. So he went down to Brazil to play in the tournament, got hurt, and then didn't play. And now he's complaining about other things. But that's that's just me. I you know I get this. I get it. Players want to play. They want to make a bunch of money. But my thing is, is if you sign a contract, stick with it until you get to like a year out or, you know, six months. You know, I kind of got frustrated with Russell Wilson there for a while because he's like, well, I'll go to, I'll go elsewhere if Seattle doesn't want to give me money. And then he got four years, $140 million, basically. So I still love Russell Wilson. I love him. But that's a lot of money. You know, you're not getting any younger, um... Think about the team. Think about how you can build to make that team better so you can win rather than taking $140 million out of someone's, you know, out of the team's budget that they could have put towards getting used, you know, some better receivers or some better offensive linemen. But I'm happy that Russell's there. Make no, you know, there's no me being angry about anything. I'm just, it's frustrating as a fan. Sometimes you wish you could run the team, but I don't wish I could run a team because I have no business savvy whatsoever. <laughs> um, but that's Neymar. I just thought I'd throw that in there because I don't really talk soccer a whole lot sometimes, like actual stories other than games. But uh, that's that for Neymar. Let's hope he figures out where he's going to go and make a gajillion dollars. Um, the other thing, we had the Gold Cup. Um, this gold, 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 yeah, the Gold Cup final on Sunday... Um, and the U.S. should have beat Mexico. 
and they didn't. Because for some reason, Greg Berhalter, our coach of the U.S. men's national team, can't get over the fact that he needs to play players that aren't named Michael Bradley and aren't named Josie Altidore. And I understand that having Altidore and having Bradley in the team are a big deal because they are veterans who have played. But when you look at the bench for attackers, you've got, you know, well, they don't really have a good list here on the substitutes, but, I mean, you had Jossie Zardes. I would not like to see. I mean, he's good, but he's not great. You have Josh Sargent. And a kid who plays in Germany who is a much better, I think, a much better attacker than Josie Altidore. And you, you know, Josie missed an absolute sitter. Um, you know, he dribbled through, got a good pass. All he had to do was bury it, and he doinks it, doinks it wide. Um, I mean, if you look at the starting lineup, you had Zach Steffen, Aaron Long, Matt Miazga, Tim Ream. Tim Ream's a good, you know, he's not bad. Uh, Reggie Cannon, who I had never heard of, he had a heck of a game. He played his heart out on that team. Um, but it's just, it's hard to watch when you could have beat Mexico twice, like right there. Uh, Altador should have had a goal. I know the one that Jordan Morris hit was saved, you know, and Christian Pulisic had a couple opportunities. It, it's just, it's tough. You get frustrated. And I watched Michael Bradley give the ball away four or five times. Um, four, yeah, four or five times I watched him give give the ball away to the other to Mexico, and people are like, "Oh, Michael Bradley!" Oh, no, don't play Michael Bradley anymore. Put the dude on the bench. Get Tyler Adams healthy. Get Christian Roldan healthy. Play those two there. When you have a healthy team, I'm looking. I'm going down this list here. I mean, at left back, you have DeAndre Yedlin. Keep Reggie Cannon on the bench. Um, you know, you've got center back John Brooks when he's healthy. John Brooks is tall. Throw him, Put him in on corners. He's the guy in the 2014 World Cup that scored the basically the winner against Ghana, a team who has been our, you know, kryptonite in the World Cup for the last few times, except for last year when we didn't make it. Um, you know, you've got other guys along those lines that you could bring in. I mean, Michael Bradley, for example, Christian Roldan, who came in for Jordan Morris, which is in an attacking role. Honestly, I would have brought in Tyler Boyd and took Michael Bradley out of the game and put Christian Roldan in Michael Bradley's spot. That's where he plays at Seattle. Tyler... Uh, um, Tyler Adams, same thing. When Tyler Adams is healthy, he'll, he could play there too. It's time to move away from some of these guys, like Michael Bradley, like uh, Josie Altidore. Good. They've given their time. They've done well. It's time to start cultivating the younger generation. It's time to give them a chance, like Jordi Mihaljevic. You know, Tyler Miller is a good goalkeeper too. Walker Zimmerman, Will Trapp, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Tyler Boyd, though, he played incredible in the tournament. He had a couple games where he had some goals. And it's it's just sad to sit here and watch coaches that were former MLS coaches not pay attention to our guys that are playing internationally. Now, that's not to say that 
Berhalter is not paying attention. I mean, you've got Matt Miazga, he plays overseas. You've got Tim Ream, he plays overseas. Tim Ream's getting, not getting any younger, though. Uh, Christian Pulisic plays for Chelsea now. You know, Weston McKinney plays for Schalke. Uh, you know, Paul Areola was playing in Mexico. Jordan Morris plays for the Seattle Sounders. It's nice to see a mix in there of um, MLS players. You know, in, and it, here on our substitutes, I mean, you've got Omar Gonzalez. I'd rather see uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers play there in that spot. You know, there's a lot of different U.S. players that are young and very good that need the opportunity to play for this national team to kind of show this country that the men's team can compete. Because, I mean, yeah, we make the World Cup and then we're a bust. You know, we get to the round of 16 and that's it. Um, we got to the round of eight once. I think we got to the round of... I don't. I think we got to the semis, semifinals like once or twice. Um, but it's it's frustrating when. And I know people don't like Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, you know, if you follow U.S. soccer at all, Jurgen Klinsmann came in and kind of changed the whole culture. I mean, he was using dual national, dual citizenship players like John Brooks, who's you know one parent is from the United States, the other is from Germany. You had Fabian Johnson, same situation. You had, um, you know, you had a lot of different guys. Julian Green. You had guys switching their affiliations from their home countries to come play for the U.S. only to not get the chance. Gideon Zalalem was an op, you know, though some of these guys didn't pan out. But you had a lot of opportunities there um, to beat Mexico. And, it was a, and I'm not saying that Mexico's a terrible team, but it was a team full of, you know, guys that aren't super young either. Um, they were missing, you know, Chicharito. They were missing Chucky Lozano. Um, you know, they, it's just, it's a different, it's an, it's an interesting team. Mexico is. And they got a good goal. I mean, it was a breakdown. It was, um, they broke us down and scored a goal, but we should have at least had two, I, I thought, against Mexico. Um, so we'll see how we move on from losing. Um, we, we move on from losing the Gold Cup because, you know, we're going to start getting into World Cup qualifying here. You know, we're just a couple years away. We're about two years out from, no, almost three. I lied. Um, 2020. We're at the point that we need to qualify, and if we don't qualify for this one, we have to wait until 2026 to even get in because we're a host. Um, and we don't want that. You know, that I think hosting, including when it's the United States, has a negative connotation to it. It's like, oh, well, we didn't have to play our way in. We, we can just take it easy that year. It's like, we shouldn't have to take it easy. We should be able to compete like our women's team, which I'll talk about here in a second. We need to be able to compete, and I think we have the talent. It's just U.S. soccer is so focused on trying to make sure that players from our domestic league, which I'm not saying the MLS is terrible, but it needs to be reevaluated, and the way that the U.S. the MLS is operated needs to change. And I think that if we were to do it the way the Premier League does it, where you have promotion and relegation, you get a sponsor who sponsors the league, you get owners in there that are going to work hard to make sure that these clubs survive, I think it makes soccer environment in America better because it gives teams the opportunity to work towards something like they do in England, like they do in Germany, like they do in France. 
those teams can then join the top division. And I think that needs to happen. That's my opinion. These are opinions on my show. I don't care. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. And you can tell me on Twitter, at KingSportsTSPN on Twitter. I'd love to hear feedback from you if you listen to the show and use social media. I don't have a Facebook page, so working on that. I just, I kind of just don't like Facebook sometimes. It's a toxic place uh, full of garbage trash water, as Zach Swan or Derek from the sports program on TSPN would also say. Uh, but that's how I feel about Facebook. Um, but now we're going to transition from something crappy to something fantastic. The United States women's national team gets a fourth star on their uniform. Megan Rapino is an absolute boss. She won the Golden Boot. I think she won player of the tournament. Um, she, I mean, she brought home three, basically three awards. Alex Morgan gets the assist. Um, Rose Lavelle, I think, won best young player of the tournament. It it was um, FIFA 19, or no, FIFA. I'm going to see if I can find um, the awards for um, that so I can tell you exactly who won what at the tournament. Um, let's take a look here. So the golden ball, that's the tournament MVP, that was Megan Rapino. Silver ball was Lucy Bronze, and the bronze ball was Rose Lavelle. So that was the basically the best player, the second best player, third best player. Golden boot went to Megan Rapino. Um, the silver boot went to Alex Morgan. She had six goals and three assists. Um, and then the bronze boot went to Ellen White. Basically, the reason that um, I, you know, there's a whole big thing. Best goalkeeper was Sari Van Vienendal from the Netherlands. Uh, best young player of the tournament. So never mind, Roosevelt didn't win best young, but because you have to be under 21, and that was Julia. But this is spelled with a G, Julia Gwynn. And the FIFA Fair Play Trophy went to France. So, basically, Megan Rapino was a boss um, this whole tournament. So, good for her. Um, you know, she scored a penalty to help us take the lead. And then Rose Lavelle, I think she had a hell of a tournament. She played incredible in the midfield for us. I think she's 24. So, she's you know she's the future of this team as well. And they um, they just dominated the Netherlands uh, 2-0 to bring home the fourth trophy. We'll get to add a four-star. They're going to do a victory tour uh, set of games when they get here. We'll see if they go to the White House. I'm not going to bring politics into this, but if you paid attention during the tournament, Megan Rapinoe and the president went at it a little bit, you know, over the airwaves. Um I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to express my political opinions on here. It doesn't matter. This is a sports show. Um, if I wanted to talk my political opinions on the whole situation, I would start a political show, which I'm not going to do that. Um, but I'm glad, you know, the U.S. women's team getting the fourth, I think, is a big deal. Um, I think a lot of times, too, it's also shown that, you know, after we've won a World Cup, how the nation kind of rallies behind soccer in this country. You know, I saw a video of a guy that played um, MLS for years named Mike McGee. He played in the MLS. I think he played a couple times for the national team. 
and he's tried. His tweet said, you know, he's tried to get his daughter, you know, interested in soccer. She just hasn't done it. And she watched this World Cup. She immediately picked up the ball and went outside and started kicking it against a wall and wants to play now because of these women. You know, and I think that that's a big thing for young girls in this country is you have role models like them. Uh, Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan and Rose Lavelle and Carly Lloyd and Abby Dahlkemper and Julie Ertz. I mean, all of these women that are on this team um, that want to, you know, they see them on TV. They see them, oh, I can do that. And that's good, you know. And the focus also needs to be more on women's soccer in this country, too. Because they have a domestic league in this country. And it doesn't get any publicity, hardly. And this tournament kind of changed that. You know, they're going to have games from this league for the rest of the season on ESPN. And I think it's because it sparked the interest of this nation. And, you know, four years ago it was different when they when they won in Canada. I think the nature of the team has changed. I think the demographic of the young women watching this tournament has changed. Um, we're getting a whole new generation of young women who want to play soccer, who see these women on TV and they go, I want to do that. And I think it's going to be good for this nation. You know, you kind of get, as they call it, the World Cup bump. Um, every time the U.S. men's team has made the World Cup, you know, they get World Cup fever here in America. And we get in and we want to win and guys want to play soccer because they see, you know, like in the past, Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan and Alexi Wallace and all these different guys that have played, you know, it's good to watch them kind of cultivate the game in this country. And it needs to be, like I was saying with the men's, we need to focus more on the women's leagues and we need to focus more on our domestic leagues here at home and make them competitive with leagues overseas. Because some of these these women that have played in Ameri- on, on that played for the U.S. women's team have gone overseas and played in France and made more money there. Um, and so I think it's it's only right that we pay them fairly here. I mean, that was another issue that was kind of brought up is the fair play. I mean, the women don't make very much for winning the World Cup, and yet the men make more, but the men have never won a World Cup. So hopefully we see some changes. Hopefully we see some things start to come forward um, with men's and women's soccer in this country. So... Um, maybe the focus shifts. Who knows? Probably not, because we have a million sports in this country. I'd really like to see a professional cricket league at some point in America. That'll never happen, but one can dream. One can hope. Um, but yeah, with that, you know, I'm proud that we won the, the women won this, this cup. We, you know, I think it's, it's a big deal. Um, it... It makes it, and I think some people are like, well, I didn't watch the Women's World Cup. I don't watch women's sports. Well, that's, you know, that's your choice. But you can rally behind these women. They're Americans. They went out there and they played their heart out for their country. And they ultimately won the biggest prize. And and I think that's something that we should pay attention to and, and be a part of and, you know, congratulate them for, um, regardless of political feelings aside on certain things. But good for the women. They got number four. Um, And I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go relax the rest of the day. It's about 1040 right now, Central Time. Um, So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I will be back next week with another episode. I am going to a baseball game for a little bit on 
Monday, I'm going to go watch them play the Great Lakes Loons, I believe this. No, 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 not Great Lakes. Uh, Lansing Lugnuts. Great name, by the way, for a minor league baseball team. Um, and then I've got a doctor's appointment down in Iowa City that I've got to take care of. Just getting the old knee checked out after some surgery a few years ago. It's been a little sore as of late, so just taking some precautions. I'm not going anywhere. They can't put me in the hospital. <laughs> um, so with that said, you know, we'll get we'll probably get a little bit more into football here soon. Um, college football is going to start kicking in here shortly. Um, I'm going to try to follow the Hawkeyes a little more. I'm going to try to follow the Iowa State team, the Cyclones a little more. So I can talk about those on my show. I'm definitely going to keep you updated on the Colonels. And we'll have another Sounders update, which I didn't talk about. Um, Jordan Morris is coming back. Christian Roldan's coming back. You know, we're going to get most of our guys who are away on Copa America duty and Gold Cup duty back. So that is good news for the Sounders who are kind of struggling, but didn't um, didn't uh, do super great while they were gone. We had a rough, we had a rough one game against New York City FC. So thank you for tuning in today. It has been another episode of the King Sports Podcast with me, Andrew Kay. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, enjoy the rest of your week, uh, and just keep your eye on sports. I mean, it's it's a good time. Start following soccer if you live in this country. I mean, it's a big deal. Um, I think it's a big deal. I think it's a sport that this whole nation should get behind and, and support the women and, and the men, um, and they should be, you know, equal in that. Uh, we shouldn't just throw all of our support behind the men and forget about the women and only pay attention to them every four years. Um, so... Hopefully, if you live in an area where they're going to be, you can go watch them play when they come through. Um, Or watch, you know, your domestic women's league if your city has a team nearby. So, with that, enjoy the rest of your day and watch some sports. And I will see you all next week. Take care. Ties with Andrew K.